Queers Did That, a queer history podcast. I'm your host, Amanda. I'm Katie. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm kind of tired, actually. You're kind of tired? Yeah. Long day? No, I mean, yeah, but like, no, I'm just kind of like comfy. That's fair. Yeah, she's laying out on the couch. She's very comfy right now. Very snuggled and... Yeah. I feel like I could fall asleep. I hope that you don't, at least for the next 25 minutes or so. I will do my best. Okay. Well, if you start snoring, I guess we'll have to stop. (laughs) But I'm not the one who snores. (laughs) (laughs) Womp. (laughs) Any hoozles? Mm -hmm. Today, I thought it would be important to talk about Don't Ask, Don't Tell, because... It was enacted in 1993. We were five. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where I obviously know the tail end of it much more intimately than the beginnings of it and how, like, its inception. I don't know how much you know about that either. You know what? I don't even, like, I don't even remember when it ended. I mean, you'll get into it, but was it Obama? Yeah, it was Obama. Okay. I mean, like, uh, yeah. Oh, they, no. Because they, they refused yes. to keep defending it. That's right. Which because... we will talk about. Um, but just a side note, I, I do... Rem- I, I, I had a hard time remembering when Don't Ask, Don't Tell ended, but I do remember a very special episode of The L Word where Alice's girlfriend, Tasha, she was in the military, but, like, she was getting court-martialed because of the whole being gay thing. And that was... Either when we were in college, that episode might have aired when we were in college, or at the very least, like, senior year of high school. So, there you go. There you go. I'm going to let everyone in on a little secret. I think I've only seen, like, two episodes of The L Word. Probably. Yeah. It's not, um, I'm a bad gay. Yeah. No. No, sorry. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So... Don't Ask, Don't Tell, actual full name was Don't Ask, Don't Tell, Don't Pursue. Mm. But I'm still going to call it Don't Ask, Don't Tell when we're just referring to it now because it's... I guess D-A-D-T-D-P just didn't roll off the tongue as well, huh? Not so much. And a lot of people and a lot of um, individuals who were getting kicked out of the military... A lot of the people getting outing people, it, the don't pursue part kind of... Nobody got... There are no consequences for pursuing? Not for a while. Yeah. There was eventually. That was one of the court cases because it, it was, you know, you have... Obviously, you had people creeping around trying to, like, snoop into people's lives. Very similarly to, like, McCarthyism, any other witch hunt type thing. And, yeah, the the big part of that was supposed to be you don't talk about it and then nobody's going to bother you or try to, like, creep into your life. But that obviously was not the case. It's such, like, a... It's, <laughs> here, we're just not going to talk about it. Like, it, it's so funny how it's, like, they thought they were being, like, more progressive by... I don't know. Well, I don't necessarily... Well, they people definitely thought they were progressive, but it was also seen as a compromise because you had a large 
evangelical conservative push to have a complete ban <laughs> on gays and lesbians in the military. It's, again, very similar to what's going on with the transgender service people. And it was, you had, you know, a lot of generals, you had a lot of different, you know, you a lot of different, you know, especially uh, there was a commander, Craig Quigley, who was a Navy spokesperson, and he said that he, there was opposition because he said, quote, homosexuals are notoriously promiscuous. <laughs> and the shared shower situations... <laughs> would have, quote, uncomfortable feeling of someone watching, end quote. Mm -hmm. Basically, straight people being afraid of other people being creeps because they're creeps. But also just like, it's like men. It's like, oh, men are known for being promiscuous, you dillweeds. Well, yes, but that's only towards, that's only supposed to be towards women. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's like who's who's assaulting people in bathrooms? Not transgender women. Mm-hmm. So it's very there's a lot of reflective behavior and arguments that you know there's a huge push for this ban. Bill Clinton campaign on the promise to allow all citizens to serve in the military regardless of sexual orientation. So you had like even you know obviously in congress you had democratic senator sam nunn of georgia basically led the contingent that favored maintaining the absolute ban on gays so right now there's the ban complete absolute ban it's that's like it's like law it's like written into law or is it like oh i can find and this says until 1993 military policy strictly forbid non-heterosexuals from serving in the military okay there is a lot of, and that's something we can talk about in a later episode, especially during World War II, there was a lot of lesbians in, <laughs> I think, a lot of, like, naval, you know, places, and just in other parts, branches of the military, and you had, you know, officers wanting to basically purge, and, you know, someone was like, if you get rid of all of the lesbians... You're going to have a problem. And so they kind of were just like, okay, we're just not going to look at it right now because it's wartime, essentially. Yeah. But there was always a ban. Mm-hmm. And you had a lot of people supporting the upkeep of this ban because of, you know, shower creeping. And God, there's so- straight people are so obsessed with sex. I know. It's weird. Yeah. You had reformers who were led by Democratic congressmen uh, Barney Frank of Massachusetts, who favored modification, but also ultimately voted for the defense authorization bill with the gay ban language. <laughs> and Barry Goldwater, a former Republican senator and retired major general, who argued on behalf of allowing service by openly by gays and lesbians. Oh. Yeah, I'm surprised that Barry Goldwater would support that. He said, quote, you don't have to be straight to shoot straight. <laughs> I mean. Which is, like, weird coming from like, Barry yeah, Goldwater. That's... I'm like, wait, that Barry Goldwater? Uh, yeah. But apparently, yes. Huh. Well, all right. There was a 
push to because there was this ban but it wasn't federal law right the ban wasn't federal law but you have congress wanting to enact a ban into federal law there's mm-hmm. this push basically trying to usurp clinton's attempt to repeal the military ban clinton called for legislation to overturn the ban but you had intense opposition from joint chiefs of staffs staff uh members of congress the public (laughs) and like we said before don't ask don't tell emerged as a compromise policy congress included text in the national defense authorization act for fiscal year 1994 which was passed in 1993 Mm -hmm. requiring the military to abide by regulations essentially identical to the 1982 absolute ban policy but in december 21st 1993 they issued a directive that said they were not allowed to be asked about their sexual orientation Mm -hmm. apparently the phrase was coined by charles moscos a military sociologist (laughs) that's kind of where don't ask don't tell came from gotcha i remember there was to not completely go off track but i do remember there was a simpsons episode about it i don't remember obviously much about it because then we were like five but i think homer is trying to go into the military or something with the military and the question about whether you're gay or not is crossed out oh. and, he, and he's trying to read like are you and the recruiter's like we're not allowed to say that <laughs> and like the guy runs off and homer's like that's nice i wonder if he's gay <laughs> I don't remember what I did two weeks ago, but I remember that specific part of that episode. Oh, wow. So I know The Simpsons addressed it at that similarly. I don't know when the episode aired, but mm-hmm. I would imagine not that far off of when it was enacted. Again, like I said, the full name of the policy was Don't Ask, Don't Tell, Don't Pursue. The Don't Ask provision mandated that military uh, war appointed officials will not ask or require members to reveal their sexual orientation. Don't tell said that a member may be discharged for claiming to be homosexual or bisexual or making a statement indicating a tendency to engage <laughs> in homosexual activities. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading what it says. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I don't really have anything. Uh, don't pursue established what was minimally required for an investigation to be initiated a don't harass provision was added to the policy later mainly because you had people harassing closeted gay people in the military Mm. shocking it ensured that the military would not allow harassment or violence against service members for any reason sure l o l (laughs) and in response to all of that the service Members Legal Defense Network was founded in 1993 to advocate an end to discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation in the U.S. Armed Forces. This organization still exists and was formed specifically because of Don't Ask, Don't Tell being created. You have a lot of court cases that will, you know, kind of fight the the ban or the not ban, whatever. Mm So I don't want to, like, inundate, but I think there are some that that are important. Mm -hmm. In January 1998, Senior Chief Petty Officer Timothy McVeigh, not that Timothy McVeigh, 
different Timothy McVeigh. <laughs> Wait, was it was it Tim McVeigh? That... Yeah. It's not John. Yeah, Tim. No, it was Tim. Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if he was in the army though, or something. Yes, but still not the same guy. Damn. I promise. Okay. He won a preliminary injunction from a district court that prevented his discharge from the U.S. Navy for quote homosexual conduct after 17 years of service. Mm. His lawsuit didn't change anything in the don't ask, don't tell policy, but it asked the court to hold military accountable for adhering to the policy's particular. So this is the whole thing about don't pursue. Mm-hmm. The Navy investigated his orientation based on his AOL email account and user profile. <laughs> yeah, so this is like you have the internet, essentially. So they're like, I'm going to creep this guy's life. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm... Surprised they even knew how to do that back then. Yeah, I'm sort of surprised too, but that's the whole don't pursue part because he wasn't saying anything. They didn't ask. He didn't tell. Right. But then they were like, we think he's a gay. Yeah. We're going to hack into his email. So you're not supposed to do that. Bad things, you know. The judge ruled in favor that the Navy had violated its own guidelines Quote, suggestions of sexual orientation in a private anonymous email account did not give the Navy a sufficient reason to investigate to de- determine whether to commence discharge, discharge proceedings. He called the Navy's investigation, quote, a search and destroy mission against McVeigh. Oh. The case also attracted attention because the Navy paralegal had misrepresented himself when asking at AOL for information about McVeigh's account. Mm. So you had, yeah, so it was a whole lot of things. It was very obvious, like, witch hunt going on. Uh, The New York Times called the ruling, quote, a victory for gay rights with implications for the millions of people who use computer online services. (laughs) Because this was 1998. (laughs) But this is the beginnings of this. This is kind of where, like, you have boundaries starting to form. Right. And what's, quote, unquote, appropriate for the military or any like employer to try to use against gay people to fire them right got got another court case for me yes oh well because that's how it was dismantled was because through the courts yeah so there was a whole there's a whole bunch of other court cases where things were upheld things were you know you, you there wasn't much quote unquote progress but people kept challenging it right. which was important because it needed to be challenged constantly there was a lawsuit filed in 2004 by the log cabin republicans what? against the united states of america mm-hmm. 2004 what a crazy different time mm-hmm. they challenged the constitutionality it's a word of don't ask don't tell mm-hmm. And the plaintiff stated that the policy violates the rights of gay military members to free speech due to process and open association. The government argued that don't ask them to tell what's necessary to advance legitimate government interest. What? <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. It was the Bush era. I don't know. But eventually in 2010, because this, this was a thing that kept going. It was like stuck in courts. Right. So by 2010... Uh, plaintiffs introduced sta- statements by Barack Obama from prepared remarks that Don't Ask, Don't Tell, quote, 
doesn't contribute to our national security, weakens our national security, and reversal is, quote, essential to our national security. So this is when you have the the um the u.s government stopping to de- stop defending don't ask don't tell mm-hmm. in 2006 april 2006 margaret witt who was a major in the united states Air force was being investigated for homosexuality which is a weird ass phrase and she filed suit in the united states district court for the western district of washington Basically, that saying that don't ask, don't tell violates the due process. In July of 2007, the Air Force ordered her honorable discharge. The case was dismissed by the district court, and the case was heard on an appeal in the Ninth Circuit and issued a ruling in May 2008. The Ninth Circuit determined that don't ask, don't tell had to be subject subjected to heightened scrutiny and there has to be an quote important government interest at issue that don't ask hotel must quote significantly further the governmental interest and there can be no less intrusive way for the government to advance that interest Hmm. so basically they were saying if this is actually a thing and this is actually a helpful thing to the united states government and their interests prove it right and this is when the Obama administration in 2009 declined to appeal, leaving, so this case returned to district court. And in 2010, the judge ruled that Witt's constitutional rights had been violated by her discharge and must be reinstated in the Air Force. Hmm. The government filed an appeal with the Ninth Circuit, the Ninth Circuit on November 23rd, made no attempt to have the trial court's ruling stayed pending the outcome. Why did they appeal? I think it might have been just, like, motion, like, doing it through the motions oh. type thing. So now in 2010, um, with the log cabin Republicans, with the Wall Street file in 2004, a judge ruled that the ban on service, mem- the ban on openly gay service members was an unconstitutional violation of the First and Fifth Amendments. On October 12th, 2010, she granted an immediate worldwide injunction prohibiting the Department of Defense from enforcing the last hotel and ordered the military to suspend and discontinue any investigation or discharge and any proceedings based on it. The Department of Justice appealed her decision, which then requested a stay on her injunction, which she denied. <laughs> on October 19th, 2010, military recruiters were told that they could accept openly gay applicants. On October 20th, 2010, Lieutenant Daniel Choi, an openly gay man, honorably discharged under Don't Hotel, relisted in the U.S. Army. Huh. He, Daniel Choi was a huge activist fighting against the ban, I think that's something that we're probably going to talk about in our second part of this episode. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, kind of like this is, I know it's like super like dates and this was this happened, this court case happened. Obviously, there's people behind it, but kind of having the whole like framework for it, I think, is important too. Mm-hmm. And then we can like talk about a couple of people who were, you know, heavily influenced the movement against the ban. The Don't Ask, Don't Tell Repeal Act was passed in 2010. 
but in 2011, while waiting for certification, several service members were discharged under Don't Ask, Don't Tell at their own insistence <laughs> until July 6th when uh, until injunction barring further enforcement of the ban was reinstated. Oh, so they were like doing it under like protest or something? I think so. It's weird. Yeah, and you just have a lot of you know, throughout this too, in July 2004, the American Psychological Association had issued a statement saying that Don't Ask, Don't Tell discriminates on the basis of sexual orientation and that there's no empirical evidence that shows sexual orientation is harmful to any aspect of military effectiveness, including cohesion, recruitment, and retention. And then you have the Republican Party platform that year reiterated its support for the policy, quote, we affirm traditional military culture, and we affirm that homosexuality is incompatible with military service. <laughs> While the Democratic Party maintained its silence. <laughs> oh. Oh. I, I wish you could see the face I'm making, because I think it says what I want to say about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see the face. I can, yes. But basically the face is saying... I wish there was a difference between political parties from 2004 to 2019, but there's not. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Another fun fact. The government, in February 2005, the Government Accountability Office released estimates of the cost of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. It reported at least $95.4 million in recruiting costs and at least $95.1 million for training replacements. For the 9,488 troops discharged from 1994 to 2003, while saying that the figures could probably be higher. On July 5th, 2009, Colin Powell told CNN that the policy was, quote, correct for the time, but, (laughs) quote, 16 years have gone by, and I think a lot has changed with respect to attitudes within our country, and therefore I think this is a policy and a law that should be reviewed. Which is like... Yeah, I know. It was correct for the time. Um, in February 2010, at a congressional hearing, Senator John McCain read from a letter signed by, quote, over a thousand formal general and flag officers, and it said, quote, We firmly believe that this law, which Congress has passed to protect good order, discipline, and morale in the unique environment of the armed forces, deserves continued support. Mm-hmm. Also gonna just leave that there without any other comments. Mm-hmm. You have, I mean, you had a lot of veterans groups that were very much opposed to it. There's a lot of quote unquote regular people who who worked and served in the military who did not support the ban. But you have a lot of these generals and politicians, and it was a good you know, things to stump on, you know, so it was, it's, it was really easy to rally the base against those damn homosexuals mm-hmm. trying to infiltrate our militaries. Yeah. So. So basically it was a policy that didn't really do much except cost the military a lot of money. And cost people their benefits and, you know. Right, I just mean from, like, the positives for the government to do that. Yeah, there was none. Yeah. Positives. You had no one won. 
<laughs> this, except I guess politicians who won elections off of it. Mm. But you had a bunch of people harassed and worse because of it, and you had the U.S. military looking hacking into people's emails, and it was it's such a it's such a fear mongering. It's just something that lasted that long over over two decades, essentially. Yep. That is, it seems so ridiculous, and yet we're still talking about you're having people being banned on their gender identity and their gender expression and being trans. And we have a Supreme Court ruling in October about whether people can be fired for being gay. So I think it's, as a sweet child of summer sometimes, when I came out (laughs) during the Obama years. Right. And then he decided to, you know, end Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And you had marriage equality and all that fun stuff. And you had this thing enacted when we were five. And then it was repealed when we were 20-something. Um, it was 2010. How old were we? <laughs> we graduated a college, so we were 22. 22. So. Yeah. Almost 20 years. So I think that's it's just it's it's crazy that and I I hate I won't get into it too much but I hate the argument that well it was correct at the time and you know people people just had to change their minds well if you destroyed all the countless amount of people's lives while you were figuring out to not be a shitty person yeah so maybe you were just a shitty person all along well, yeah. You know, <laughs> discrimination was correct at the time. It was, it was... Could you imagine someone saying that about, like, segregation? I mean, people do say that about segregation. I shouldn't even say imagine. Yeah, that's, that's incorrect. People, people are say. saying that now. Right. Just looking back on it, it's like, wow. Well, and you have, like, you had such... I mean, obviously intense homophobia regardless, but people were so afraid because of the AIDS crisis mm-hmm. and how it was completely turn into a genocide essentially yep. that any excuse revolving around that argument was seen as justified hmm. because the scary gays come to get you recruiting your children staring at you in the shower yeah and lesbians over here are like we're, we're just chilling out <laughs> <laughs> the argument's always gay men oh yeah no I mean cause... because the predatory men yeah I know but you know all those pulp, all those pulp books, you know, if those are true, <laughs> then it's all the lesbians who are trying to catch you. It's true. <sighs> so I think that's where we're going to stop. I want I wanted to kind of go through the timeline. Obviously, I didn't do a job of going in order of the timeline, but a timeline nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And then kind of focus on one or two people in our next episode that kind of you know, was, you know, vocally, you know, that was, like, prominent in the fight against the last hotel, especially towards the end of it. I think that's important, too, because I think in this type of situation, you need both of them, and I don't think they fit together in one episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's my reasoning. <laughs> Sounds good. Cool. I hope you learned something today. Yeah, it's just weird... To, like, think, like, I feel like it was so long ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. So I'm, like, 
like oh yeah that old that old ass policy but like it's been past you know past decade <laughs> like i know like... no it feels the same way to me too and i think having it be something that its inception occurred when we were so young and we obviously have no like direct memory of it happening i don't remember everyone talking about it i don't remember anything like news wise about it my first like i think my first being aware of a news story was like Vonka Lewinsky scandal but that's a whole nother thing <laughs> yes and that was when we were like eight yeah so yeah i wasn't i wasn't quite into politics yet at the ripe old age of four or five. Oh, really yeah not yet mm. the next election because i had the tape mm-hmm. of bill clinton ross pro and bob dole and their little stump speeches so that's when little amanda became politically minded <laughs> 1995 <laughs> two years later wow i was a nerd nice. was is it's fine <laughs> so i think that's our show if you have any comments or questions you can email us at queersdidthat at gmail.com or tweet us at queersdidthat or you can leave us a comment at www.queersdidthat.com and until next time make a history and make history a bye bye I'm sure I've said lovely things.